My name is Aram. My pronouns are he, him. Welcome back to God's Fall. My name is Michael. My pronouns are he, him. I play Zion Preeti, the newly arisen god of force. My name is Doug, and my pronouns are he and him. And I play Doro Not, the newly arisen god of travel. My name is Joe. My pronouns are he, him. And I play Lord Haldir Loran, the newly arisen god of war. My name is Kelly. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Rena Falaval, the arisen god of war. So Zion and Pera went back to bed. Doro was on on the uh, prow with his little uh, uh, godstone that he stole from me and is, uh, you know, etching with the symbol. Haldir would like to continue uh, to spy on um, Anamil, please. Anamil would go back to his room and he is holding this silver charm that he had. He's whispering some words in, in Elven to it, which are like, uh, fly and flight and take flight, like different ways of, of saying fly. He looks frustrated and he just kind of tosses it on the bed and sits back, leans against the bulkhead and is clearly meditating. Um, can I, I want to make sure there's nothing connected to this camera. Like I want to try and trace back um, to see w- if I can see where this, where the, the senator's coming from, who placed it here, who's watching, that sort of thing. I would like you to roll your divinity. I think I exited out of D&D Beyond, so just give me a second, sorry. God damn it, Joe, you're fucking fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play Haldir. <laughs> oh, we can trade, I'll play Doro. <laughs> what? No, that there wasn't is, on the deal. <laughs> we are absolutely doing a body swap episode at some point. That is 100% gonna happen. Yay! I rolled an eight, so it's gonna be 11 total. There is a connection, and you follow it back. And it like you can feel it fire out over the water in front of a steel beard and just race back towards the northern peninsula. And as it's getting there, it starts to you start to feel resistance. And before you get really fully even onto Brennis, it just splinters and shatters. It just falls into a million pieces of divine dust. And they just kind of like back in your room. Uh, can I reach out and make sure the camera's still there? The camera is still there, and it is still moving around. When when you don't take direct control over it, it's still moving around. Can I sever the connection? God of cameras. Yeah, uh, go ahead and roll divinity. Or demigod of cameras. So wait, it went toward Brennis, <laughs> and then it... It was rocketing towards the Ironwood, towards northern Brennis, and then just kind of faltered. That's so why I rolled a 13, so that's 16 total. Instead of trying to reach forward, you pull back and... You, with your hand, scoop up nothing in front of you, but like you're making the movement and you can feel it in your hand for a moment and there's resistance and then you just kind of feel it snap. In that moment, you hear two cries and then silence. And you know that this is disconnected now. Does he recognize the cries at all? Roll an intelligence. Uh, So 13 total. You're pretty sure. You're pretty sure it was your grandmother. Both of them? Just one of them. Okay. The other voice you've never heard before. Mother Astor. So it got towards about, how, how far offshore was it? Maybe, I'd be like a hundred miles. Like it was headed towards oh. the direction of the, okay. of the Ironwood. You're assuming it came from there, but Ryland is past there too. So it could have been Ryland. There's a couple things it could have been. Once Ademil takes his, you know, meditation, I, you know, do the same. And then I guess everyone's uh, resting for the evening then. Dawn breaks. It is a clear, beautiful day, blustery, windy, uh, in in your direction. So you're making pretty good speed right now. Uh, Steelbeard's up, he's 
sending out waters and <laughs> making salads, getting you guys prepared for the day. Paras up, <laughs> throwing the curtains back. Ah, good morning, so, uh, Zion. Let's see, it's Etan, I think. Yeah. So, what is Etan? Etan is. It is like mid-September, <laughs> starting to cool. Okay, yes. Uh, so as soon as I wake up, whatever, I, you know, get dressed and, you know, fix my hair. And... Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah. And uh, I would uh, talk to Steelbeard. I'd say, Steelbeard. Oh, good morning, Zion. Could you create for us a workspace where we could all discuss? A sort of war room, I suppose. Of course. I can do that. And you hear, like, shifting and cracking and bending from beneath you, and the whole deck shudders. Done. Steelbeard, could you create some sort of map of the area for us? Uh, uh, on some sort of plane, like a table. Downstairs in this room now, he is creating, like, a, like a topical relief map. That can change, by the way. That it can make it move. So, like, you could like scroll well, yes, and like get I more maps. Yeah, expect that. <laughs> so. You have an iPad. Do a little pinch and zoom. Right. Yeah, except it's, except, except it's all raised wood. Right. Like right, right. it's all different levels of wood. Yeah. It's like those uh, well, well, with those some little tiny things. leaves in there too for like to show the trees and you know. for texture. Yeah, absolutely. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah. You know. yeah. Absolutely. He can. He, he and he like pulls water in to like form oceans. Hell yeah. And uh, show us our location. So everything's like moving, like wood blocks are sh are shifting around to like this little wooden peg comes up to rep to represent him. Excellent. So now I'll just sort of eat breakfast and wait for other people to wake up and come into the room. <laughs> Imagine at some point everyone files in. Uh, no, I would be in the crow's nest scanning for Caitlin. I was gonna say it's kind of good. It's probably good that we keep Doro. Yeah, there. No, I'm totally fine with that. Can like totally can, can Steelbeard make like a I don't know like a like you know those systems in old houses where they like they would like be able to listen a little horn you know yeah like. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so that Doro can still hear everything you know and in fact uh, when when I was on submarines uh they the there's two systems of community of communication there's the normal one right but then there's the sound powered phone where you just shout into it and anywhere on the boat can be heard because the because it can travel through those pipes I don't see why. He couldn't make something like that. Oh, it's so, yeah, like absolutely. a can and a string, you know? Basically, like basically it's that. Yeah. If all the power goes out on a submarine, that's how we would talk to each other. Just yeah. by yelling. Just by yelling, yep. As you're up there, Doro, like a brass horn forms behind you. Basically, yeah! like, because I'm you know, made out of wood. <laughs> hey, Doro! It's just me, don't worry. Ah! Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, keep a lookout. We're going to be down here talking. So if you have anything to say, let us know. If you see anything, tell us. Will do. All right, and this map is formed in front of you. So is Automil there? Automil's there. And uh, Haldir, do you also join us? Yes, it's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if there's planning to be done, fuck you, it's gonna it's, be there. It's battle planning, that's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, we know our enemy, we know who we're fighting. So yeah. let's go over it. We have Grabby Hands. He has the power to uh, use our powers against us. Grab Hands. <laughs> <laughs> He has the power to, to, to use our powers against us and to mold flesh. Oh, yeah, that too. At all costs, we must avoid physical contact with him. Also, physical damage seems to do absolutely nothing to him. I don't know how fire works. That seems to work pretty well, though. Yeah, I bet it would work well. RSS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, he has it coming. Uh, and then uh, Tiago Reese. Reno, what are his powers? He's good at boat. Parkour. Yeah, parkour. His powers are, yeah, he's, he's definitely just, the god of parkour. <laughs> he's god of parkour. Parkour! Parkour! He can learn, like, how you do fighting stuff. Like, he can mimic you, kind of, if, you, if he sees you for long enough. So the more encounters you have with him, the the more dangerous he gets. Good news is, I'm a shitty fighter, so... <laughs> right. Jokes on learn? him! Right. And I've already <laughs> practiced, like, against him in Caitlyn's dream world, so I'm, like, a little bit more prepared this time than I was before, but, like... Absolutely. And then he has, like, poison arrows doesn't he or he did when i fought he him definitely has poison yeah, arrows yeah. he definitely uses yeah. poison every trick in the book he is going to use yeah. and y'all have That's mentioned that he's able to somehow change his form he's got the mask that changes his face right? he has a magical item that allows him to look like other other people because he yeah. looked like the melon lady blah, blah, blah. and randall and randall <laughs> true fucking randall um <laughs> fucking randall. all right 
<laughs> uh, and that was then, my best moment as a DM. I love that moment so much. Fuck you. And then Haldir, what are Balam's powers? Balam is a slot. A red slot. She is the god of sewers. What those specific powers entail, I'm afraid I don't know. But we do know that if we're going to face them in the city of Skyhaven, that there are a number of sewers there, and that might pose a problem for us. Correct. I also know that she can regenerate, and regenerate rather quickly. So picking her off a little at a time will not work. Taking on Balam may require all of us at once. One large hit, if possible, um, many, many in succession, uh, would likely be the best way to take her down. And then there's also, uh, I, I, unless Zion has a question. No, my question was about, if you're done with uh, her abilities, as far as you know, was about Bam Bam or Boom Boom. Bang. boom. Or Bam what did Bam you say? Bam is a small child who hits people with Wh- clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wham Pow. His name was Wham Pow now. Wham Pow. <laughs> Kablau Kablau. What he does, <laughs> he, he is the god of guns. I am the god of war, so I may summon any weapon that I have touched. And I summon this gun. Those are the projectile weapons you were... Including projectile weapons. And I place, you know, the glowing handgun on the table in front of us. Can other people pick up his weapons? Here's the thing. Haldir can make guns. And he can make them permanent. Okay? So, yeah. You can pick up that gun. When I traveled in the future, they have created projectile weapons like you've never imagined and bang bang can summon them any of them i can only summon these because i have touched them i fought him i killed him i i have touched some of his weapons he has many more perhaps you should kill him once he has more (laughs) that's uh, legitimately that's something that Haldir's been thinking about, right? Well, you know how to kill him and take his power. That's right. You actually figured it out last time. So yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if, you know, if we can, I'd prefer to, you know. He's mine. He's mine. Fuck yeah. We're all calling our dance partners here, right? Because <laughs> if, if Haldir was suddenly given every handheld gun there is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, see, Haldir's power, though, okay, out of game. Uh, Haldir's power is even greater, though. If only, if only you had just been able to like infiltrate like a the Pentagon, <laughs> like the Pentagon, not the Pentagon. Like, a nuke. like get a nuke. Yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> talked about that. It was totally. I mean, it could have happened. Right, yeah. right. Fortunately, <laughs> he was in like downtown well, remember that, New like, York. That, that, you know that bad Star Star Trek movie where like they like there were the whales Which and stuff. One? The, there were, <laughs> oh, the whale one. Yeah. Right? And they like right, sneak right. onto a nuclear sub or something. You know, they like, totally <laughs> had to steal radiation directly from a sub for some reason. I could, and it was, it, it was an aircraft carrier. They were an yeah, aircraft yeah, carrier. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then when they had, then they like gave that one scientist the recipe for transparent aluminum. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, how do I know he didn't invent the thing? You know, oh, there's that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was like, parts of that movie were fun. Parts <laughs> of the movie were a lot of fun. Parts of it were really stupid though. Right. Okay. Here's uh, my question. How you ended up on an aircraft carrier if he could summon the whole thing. Anyway, go ahead. You're good. He could I- definitely summon the weapons. Which would be, I mean, just one of those machine gun turrets alone would be an unstoppable force. So I have a question about the gun. If he makes a gun permanent, so like, does it, does his god power give it infinite ammo? Or do I have to, like, if I took the gun, would I have to get ammo? If he hands you a gun, it's loaded, Uh right? If he hands you a gun, it's going to be loaded. So let's say that he hands you a Glock, it's got 11 rounds in the chamber. Uh Pow, 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 you fire off 11 rounds. It's empty. You can't get new bullets. If you hand the gun back to him... You go, and then you know, and then give it to you again. But without that, I mean, once you run out the bullets, it's over. Okay, so he well, can make it. So how much of this does Haldir actually know? Like that's the thing he hasn't well, really never practiced. Tried I've never it. tried. Yeah. So, but so okay, okay. Let, let's go back into the game. Let's go back into the game. So, uh, I would say, so these projectile weapons, Haldir, can you create more of them? Can we use them? Hmm. And I. You know, the one down at the table, I look at it. And then concentrating on keeping that one there, I summon another. Another of the same kind? Same kind. That you can't do. Okay, so that disappears. So then the one that I've summoned, I place back on, place back on the table. And then I try to summon, because it's the hand, if the, if there's a handgun on the table, try sure. and summon a shotgun. The Tommy gun or something? Yeah. Sure, that you can do. And the other gun stays there. And So you can summon one of each type of gun. 
so then I place the shotgun on the table and I do the same for each each of the types that I have. So I have the shotgun, the Tommy gun, yep. the um, the handgun, and the sniper rifle, I believe. Absolutely. All of them. No problem. You could have all four in existence at the same time. I'm going, if it is all right with you, Haldir, I'm going to attempt to pick one of these up. I've seen enough of this to know that that end <laughs> shoots somehow this projectile. Yeah. So it I know looks- not to like, it to my face, you know. Like, do you pick up the pistol? That would be like the least yeah, threatening definitely one. The pistol. It feels just like it's it's very similar to holding a crossbow just without the bow part. Keep your finger away from the lever. Yes, of course. I've used crossbows. I understand the basic mechanism. Bam! <laughs> oh, pair, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just does boom. <laughs> So it stays permanent in my hand, however. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, today I'm, you know, we're going to be practicing with these and figure out how to use them. I don't know if they'll use this, be of any use, but perhaps as a secondary weapon, it might be useful for us, if that's all right with you, Haldir. Steelbeard can make, like, little floaties out in the ocean if you guys want to take shots and, like, do target practice. I think that makes a ton of sense. It seems like Rena, who's, who's extremely practiced with a bow, might work really well with the sniper, but it's, it's different. Okay, so we understand our enemies. We know what we're fighting. Uh, we should discuss strategy, and then I suggest we um, train in shooting, and then uh, we can break for lunch. How does that sound as an agenda item for everyone? Yeah, that sounds great. I love this structure. Haldir's <laughs> like, yes, structure. Haldir's yes. like, well, I kind of hate them, but I do like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's refreshing. Is, is, is he able to make, like, can he make like a scope and then like a sniper rifle that still has a scope? Like, is that like a... The sniper rifle that he has has a scope. Yeah, I know. But could he just make like a scope? So like a spotter scope? No. When you touch a weapon, like it's all in one thing. So that scope is part of that weapon. Can you make a scope on its own? No. But you can make it as part of that sniper rifle. He, he only knows a set amount of guns then. Right. He okay. only knows these four guns he's touched. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, so they have the advantage of having come from the future. So they have some technology that we have not yet developed. However, apparently we do have some coming from, of course, Haldir, and a little bit coming from me. But uh, there you well, have. You're making the technology. I'm making that we the technology that they will yeah. be using, including those <laughs> freaking headsets. So right. we must remove them from the the equation if they can teleport anywhere using those. We've got to get them away, especially from grabby hands. So I would suggest our first course of action when we come to battle is to remove that from him using my power. And then we need to find a way to attack grabby hands. And I doubt these projectile weapons are going to be of much use against him. We've already attempted to use arrows and it has done absolutely no good. So a second option, if we cannot discover a good way to to attack and kill him while still fighting everyone else, is to find a way to get him gone. Um, My understanding is that uh, Doro has. Do we know that what Doro's done with the, with the crystal? By the way, I don't no, think so. No. Okay. We do know, however, that he has a teleportation circle. We do know that he has two teleportation circles: one uh, on the ship and one at the Spear of Jordan. So, so right. can I? But talk of course, to Doro? so smart. Well, yeah. There's a little. There's a little corn. <laughs> Where, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Doro, just like right behind you. Ah! Oh, I forgot that was there. Why? Can you teleport an individual without yes. needing to touch them? Oh. Uh, I I don't think I've ever tried to do that before. I usually always make physical contact when I do it. Uh, over. <laughs> Zion. He doesn't say that. He wouldn't know that. He doesn't say that. I don't say that. Maybe you made it up. Send, send <laughs> message. Maybe you're the first one to do it. He's coined it. He's coined maybe that's maybe that's no! how maybe no! that's how sending works. Maybe no, maybe every single mage goes twenty five words, but has to leave one word for over. I mean, so like you could just be knows. like, I feel like Dora would just be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> now you go. It's your turn now. So Zion, is there out of what you know from Dora's powers and of your um, your technology, would there be a could could you conceive of a way to, to allow Doro to teleport without the need to physically touch? Yes, it would involve sacrificing a battery, but yes, it could be 
done. He would have to infuse a battery with his divine power and be launched as some sort of projectile or thrown or use my force power or something in order to entangle itself in some way with whoever it was, you know, attempting to teleport. And then uh, theoretically they would teleport wherever he wanted them to go. Couldn't he also just practice his divinity more so that he might be able to just look at someone and teleport them? I mean, it might take we, only have, so we only have two days, repeat. so like. But. There's a well. There's a question there because we, we've done this before, and I'm trying to want to remember. I don't think you can be teleported against your will. Yeah, but we don't no, know. It's that. like it has to be a right. willing. That's they true. Have to make an opposing save if yeah. they don't want to. Uh, yeah. Well, no, you do know that because Doro has tried to teleport people against their will before. No, he or at least people, and he succeeded. Yeah, yeah early but he on. succeeded yeah. just yesterday. Um, he teleported right. uh, Nira, like who was frightened and didn't right. know what the hell was happening. And if she That's had true. any will, that would have wasn't said, Don't necessarily against her will. She was friendly. She's like, a friendly she didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And the instinct would have been that like he was getting her away from the danger. So she may have just gone with that instinct. If you're trying to teleport someone who knows what teleport is and is fighting you, it might be harder. I'm not saying it's impossible, but there would definitely be like at least a saving throw. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, it could be opposed, but I mean, there, it, Dora's power is not inconsequential. So here's how we're going to homebrew this. If Doro grabs someone to teleport them against their will, it's a grapple check. If he wins the grapple check, they go with him. If it's a distance thing, which is something Doro cannot do right now, but it sounds like you guys have a pretty good plan to figure that out. If you do it at a distance, they get to make a will save against Doro's divinity score at advantage. So it's easier if he grabs them, but it's possible either way. So uh, I'd love to see you teleport grabby hands a thousand miles in the air. <laughs> well, no, that wouldn't do us any good. I mean, not just that float, I, right. he would just, you know, grow wings or something. I'd have to well, put him in space, grow little flesh wings. And so like, if we could put him down. in space or put him far enough down to the bottom of the ocean that the pressure kills him. Sure. Why would the pressure kill him? We, uh, you're assuming that he, can't, that he can't uh, change the density of his own like flesh. Oh, that's a really true. fascinating point. Does he even need oxygen? Yeah. Could he not grow gills and, you know, who knows? Like, uh, as far as I know, if he has complete control over flesh, nothing in that regard can hurt him. I do have a theory that fire can hurt him. And that is why uh, I don't see why. Well, if, if we were able to destroy that flesh monster, mostly with fire, I don't see why he wouldn't also suffer the same fate. You're up against two people who can adapt in two very different ways. One that can adapt to anything physical and one that can also adapt to anything physical, but in a very different way. So you're, you're against two people that can adapt to whatever you throw at them, except maybe fire, which is very hard to adapt to. Right. Hard to do. <laughs> so uh, kill it with fire, basically. But the, the problem is, of course, he will know that. And he has been uh, after Para from the very beginning. So uh, probably because he saw it as his greatest threat. And I see why. So, um, I guess. Would there be a way to trap him in place using some combination of our powers? Yeah. I don't see why I couldn't create some sort of force circle around him. Not completely around him, just an, around his waist or something to hold him in place. You could try to sort of Anyone's got a chance it. of stopping him in that way, you are the best option, clearly. Right. I, I don't see why I couldn't. And uh, then Para could shoot him with fire as everybody... Blast them with guns using your luck. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the biggest issue with this is that it it necessitates a total focus on on grabby hands, right? right? And we're also we don't know what the terrain we're going into. We only know that they're all That's around true. each other. Yep. Like uh, we have no idea and no way of knowing, unless we're able to see into the future with Golden Barrel or something, or Caitlin, who of course we can't. We have no way of knowing where they are what we're facing exactly. Are they in some warehouse? Are they in some like church square or, you know, temple square? Are they in some sort of, uh, you know, field? I doubt it. And uh, we're not probably going to be able to choose our own terrain. And the numbers have grown. We are fighting four of them now. Is there a way to draw them out? We know that he has followers. And they also have some sort of divine ability that has been granted to them. Now, I've been working on trying to build the Church of Zion, but it hasn't gone so well so far. But 
Give it time. Give it time. That's uh, the first time you've had to breathe in like three months. So, yeah. <laughs> Keep telling people to worship me. That's all I have to do. Um, <laughs> super easy. Um, <laughs> but until then, I don't. And he has some followers somehow and has granted them with some sort of, oh, yes, I forgot to mention. So he has some priests who have been infused with some sort of uh, uh, godstone uh, uh, paint or something yeah. along their along their extremities, which gives them some level of divine power. I wouldn't say nearly anything that we can do, but, you know, still. At the time, it was scarier because you guys were, like, first level. Yeah, but now that we can all kill with a thought, that's different. Uh, but, like, <laughs> uh, still, yeah. So they're likely to be foot soldiers. Um, I'm sorry, what was your original question, Holdy? <laughs> the question is whether or not the ultimate question is whether or not we can choose the terrain. And we've been ambushed before, and so I, I wonder if there would be a way to put ourselves in a position to be ambushed again, um, but intentionally, to, to essentially draw them out. Yeah. That's a good question. So we would have to make ourselves known, right, in right. the city where they end up. Um, and, I mean, they, they took Caitlin. They, they must know that we're chasing them. I mean, they must. And they came for here and no one else. They had the opportunity to attack the others, and they did not. They would have found it very difficult to attack all of us at once. They knew what they were doing. But why Caitlin? <laughs> because with her power, that's a good question. Why Caitlin? What were they planning to do with her? And why Para before? Well, I, they weren't necessarily after Para. They were after his brother. Uh, but they took Para once they realized that he had been infused with divine energy. Then why the sun and dreams? Why those two? Theories, anyone? Uh, well, Caitlin is the reason that um, I, at least, and I assume that most of us are able to move between worlds and realities. And so it's possible that they need her in order to bring back the people that they used to capture her. Yes, but they've already somehow managed to travel between realities already and well, time. we are assuming that... I, I think you're making some assumptions about time, right? Because... I'm going to assume that time and fate are against us completely. This is like a 12 Monkeys loop. If you've ever seen that movie, this is... You Absolutely. Know, so, so it's like they needed Caitlyn to go... To have bring in or, <laughs> Yes, in order, in order for them to, to capture Caitlyn. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so they brought them back to a different time. Which is, a, which is a possibility uh, and very difficult storytelling. So good on you, Aram. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm trying. Lots of options. <laughs> Fortunately, with time travel, I can just be like, well, it's this it's just, it's just other thing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that does work options. out. Yeah. No, I will be so disappointed if you do that, Aram. <laughs> like, no, don't worry. Okay. Don't worry. I got plans. I got okay, plans. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows? Wibbly <laughs> wobbly, timey wimey, whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Do we have uh, visions of Caitlyn, like, destroying stuff? No. No. Okay. The only one that's had bad visions of Caitlyn is Caitlyn. Right, and she hadn't shared that with us. Did anybody see when, okay, so this is like, this is a callback moment, but I'm just trying to figure things out. When Caitlyn, like, had her little treasure chest or whatever, and there was something dark mm -hmm. inside of it, was she the exactly only- Exactly, I was just talking about. No, mm, she has not told She was the that. only one who saw that. In fact, she really didn't see, see everything that yeah. happened there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was always kind of left open. Yeah, she hid it away. She knew about the future. She knew about Kadaria. She knew about all that. But uh, she she didn't want to, like, deal with it. You know, I'm saying this out of game because as a listener. Also, she sees lots of potentials. So she can't really tell which one is the real one. She just puts away just the scariest ones go in the box. Could she be a spy? No. For them. And they took her as a ruse. Absolutely not. I've known Caitlin since we'll, we were children. Oh, we're still children, but I've known her since we were, you know, two. Seventeen-year-olds never refer to themselves as no, children. No, 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 Yeah, they would definitely separate. <laughs> I'm a that. fucking yeah. child. I'm seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> right, Meanwhile, right. I'm like you are a child. You I are am all children. Also, a child. A child. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's impossible to look at sixteen-year-olds well, you know and how, like well, <laughs> fully take them seriously well, at forty-four years old. <laughs> right, right. Well, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Like, as a you know, forty-year-old, whatever, forty-two-year-old, like.
like uh, whenever like you would play like uh, Fryany's father, who would say, "Yes, my child," I would be so mad always. You'd like, be so pissed. Yes, it would be child. perfect. Like, yes, it's my exactly child. What he would do. Like, if you ever call me a condescending dick like that, if you ever call me a child again, I will reach into your body with my mind and pull your <laughs> withered, beating heart out of your body and crush it. At this point, I don't think anyone is underestimating any of you. Right. That would be rather stupid of them. So, like uh, at at this point, also that is a bit of a disadvantage for us because no longer are they going to think, oh, these little stupid kids with their little baby powers. No. They know full well. We've already thwarted their plans on several occasions. Like, not thwarted completely, but at least slowed them down. And, um, you know, they know enough now to fear us. And, uh, well, not, if not fear, to, to be ready because uh, they know well, they've been Well, they've been taking measures against you. Like they set up traps. They, they are definitely fully engaging with you as the enemy now. You could say the same thing about Kadar. They were using a magical construct to fight you. Kadar was. So the, the, the gloves seem to be off. The, the MO of, of the crew of we're so powerful, we can just burst in and, you know, tank this en- entire thing is, is maybe not the way to go. Instead, is there, is there a way that we can secretly ap- approach this place that we're going and isolate each one individually? Perhaps using um, Golden Barrel, yes. They might know where the, the enemy is at any given time, all of them individually, right? Yes. And if we could some, somehow stay in touch with Golden Barrel at any given time, the problem is, of course, that gym burst. Well, Steelbeard is able to make a connection with Golden Barrel. I know, but we can't bring Steelbeard with us necessarily. Didn't well, can we approach? Can unless we it becomes a wagon that we bring with us, I suppose. Like, uh, hey. but it would be an awfully big wagon. Hey, <laughs> I'm not a wagon. <laughs> could we, could we approach the harbor of where we're landing without being seen, uh, like underwater, without, you know? Yes. Yeah, we can do that. Steelbeard's pulled that trick off. He can basically like. Like, he can let out some fog, right? And then as you're gliding in, he can be just, just become a dock. And by the time you <laughs> touch land, no one would fucking know the difference. He's pulled this before. I have the ability to t- talk to Golden Barrow probably at least once with this. And I take the thing out of my hair, show it. They gave me one of their Golden Barrow flowers. So I keep that in my hair. Is, is it possible that Golden Barrow could put their power in, into a battery like we do? I don't see why not. In fact, I had the exact same idea. If we were able to infuse this divine power that Golden Barrel has gifted to Rena into a battery, I don't see why we wouldn't have a permanent connection to them. And, and it wouldn't break like, a, like one of the godstones would because it's, you know, kept in stasis in, a, in, a, uh, in a, the battery technology that I've developed. Could you even make it like a necklace that I could wear? I can work on it, but it's going to take a day. Yeah. Well, won't be fashionable. Be like a large thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, it'll, be, it'll, dog tags, it'll, be, it'll be under my clothes anyway. It's not going to be like for showing, you know. <laughs> Could I have a tiara? Could you make a tiara with it? That'd be wonderful. Yeah, like so as a Rita would ever wear that. No, no, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even involving Rita. I want the tiara. <laughs> so we can create that advantage. We can find out exactly where they are, and we can uh, use that always. Of course, there is always the possibility that somehow they're not in any way touched to nature. I don't know what that would be, like on the top of a the, rock or something. The Kanku. <laughs> the Kanku doesn't touch the ground. He's on... doesn't touch the ground, but like he might be near a tree. I mean, like they don't have to be necessarily touching the ground to be... As long as there's plant life that can see them or that they can brush up against or they've walked across or, so, or like pollen could spread from... As long as they're like in the vicinity of plants, the Golden Barrel can get the drop on them. Thank you, Haldir. We have now... One advantage. When we find when we find where they are, we can then develop a sneak attack. So what do we what are our assets? We have these guns that we're gonna practice with. We have our batteries that we can all use and all infuse with different powers. We always take the batteries of powers that we don't necessarily have ourselves. And um we have of course our martial skills, which are eh, okay. <laughs> and mine are pretty great. Out of all of you, like Rena, like if this was like a television show, right? Every time Rena started to do something physical, the audience would be like, oh man, here it comes. Like, here she goes, you know? Because they know they're getting a show. Right. So we've got Rena and Automil who are, you know, very Trained good with same martial skills. Yeah. Fair. Um, uh, we have the power of fire. We have <laughs> the power of force. Well, I should say the sun, but, you know, 
fire comes from it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you have a nuke and you have invisible magical force energy. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good team. He's also actually, right? Yeah, we got a that, Jedi and we got a we got a Fire Lord. So yep. not that the the team would know what this is. Um but because Para has the fire of has the power of the sun, uh can he also create radiation? Interesting question. Uh not that he knows of, but it's quite possible that right. he could give everyone cancer. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. probably. But unfortunately, that would be an area of effect, and it would affect a lot of villagers. And that would be the other problem. Like, <laughs> like he might be able to make radiation, but can he focus radiation? Well, I mean, it's a good question because I mean, a we would have no concept of what radiation is, right? But uh, but B, how much does Para know about his own powers? Because like, yeah, we've all been practicing and studying, but like, for instance, how Haldir just like knows what a gun is. Like, how does right. Para? What does Para know? No, you know? I mean, Para's on instinct, right? It's like, well, I mean, I, I mean, like, okay, so if I see a place where there's not fire, I can put it there. <laughs> if I see a place where there is fire, I can take it away. Okay, but does he have any concept of, like, getting sunburn? Like, and that comes from the sun? What do you mean? Because, like... Oh, yeah, like, if you're out in the sun too long, like, you're, like your skin gets hot, and you go, well, I don't burn, but you probably do. But, yeah, so I, don't, I don't know what that is, yeah. So he has, like, a... He has a, a slight concept of radiation. Slight. Like, could he... Well, but he know this radiation. Because yeah. that would be a way to take out... But he knows that it hurts. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess he thinks he's burning. He doesn't, though. He doesn't, like, because he's like, a, he's, he looks at his skin, it, you know... Even, it, even it before he was a, a divine creature, he was, you know... A dark-skinned individual, so he didn't necessarily. But he, burn but, like but, he but he he knows what a sunburn is. It's called a sunburn. He thinks you get it because of the sun. Like they doesn't like those. The concept of radiation doesn't. It's all fire. Do you know what I mean? Could you give me a sunburn? It's. I mean, it's like fire. But it doesn't come from fire. No, but that's how he interprets it because that's how everyone would at this at that at this point. No one understands the concept of invisible radiation. Do you think people back then understood the concept of the sun will make this happen to your skin, but just plain fire won't? But you can get a burn from sun or from fire. Like it's something close, different to about sunlight. He's a witch. Burn him. I mean, you can get, well, I mean, you can get burned by fire. You can get burned by the sun. It's just a different kind of burn, but not that the different. The pyre like, will cure this. Does he fall the river? <laughs> Build a bridge out of him. So like yeah. fire causes blisters. Sun causes blisters. Fire reddens. Sun reddens. I mean, and it's, also it's, fire is it the does same? It, and fire does it much more quickly. Right, it's so true. I guess probably in Paris, like, why with would it. I care about what the sun can do over a period of many hours? When right. he could see it as like the sun's so powerful, right, that that fire still can reach you. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like even Zion wouldn't have any concept of this at all. Um, You'd have a better chance too. I mean, Paris right. very very sweet, but he's a little he's yeah focused focused he didn't go to school he didn't he, go to school like, to, like you know, he doesn't know how i didn't he, i dropped out of school i'm still a little smarter than para <laughs> it's not, i don't think it's necessarily smart or not it's just right. that it's not smart or not right he's got heart he's he's got he's heart got heart smarts he's, he's, he's got heart smarts he's a street smarts kid that's what he is like, he is actually kind of know. a street smarts kid yeah that's and, true and he knows how to make boats and like yeah he knows how to like. He went to like. Do you know how to measure dry rice versus wet rice? I don't think you do, do you? He went to like a technical school instead of like you know. Like yes. That's essentially went, what happened. He went to the farming high school, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What we're also forgetting is we have another asset, and that's Doro. Not not his necessarily travel aspect, but his aspect of uh, as being a rogue and knowing cities and generally having contacts. He might be somebody that if 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 this thing with Golden Daryl Golden Barrel doesn't work out as well as we hope would for sure be able to locate um, at least what the underground, the various thieves guilds and the the people we're looking for. Perhaps talk to the docks, see what ships have come through, that kind of thing. We're going to assume that they know that we're coming, but they don't know exactly when or where I say we park um, Steelbeard slightly out of town. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, hide, hide him as something else. Like, I can do that. Like the cabin again or something. Oh Yeah. How small can you make yourself? Or are you always the same mass, Dillbeard? Do you know? I'll be about this size, yes. I see. So, <laughs> uh, so a Trojan horse-sized yeah. <laughs> right. literal Trojan horse. <laughs> there we right. That's yeah. the answer. That's the answer to become a Trojan horse. Yay! <laughs> no one will suspect it. <laughs> we'll just wait till nightfall. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so. 
I say we park Steelbeard somewhat out of town uh, and we infiltrate the city, mostly Doro, uh, who can, but the problem is if we separate him, he might be captured or worse. It's happened before. Well, he has his, um, I mean, Doro's the safest one to send out, right? Because he, he now, I mean, we should run this by Doro. How, <coughs> uh, <laughs> Dora, how do you feel about scouting the city uh, before we enter it? Do you think that they'll come for you first and find you, or do you think you'll be able to scout in a way that they won't find you? Uh, I can, yeah, no, I can sneak into the city if that's what you want. Zion, no problem. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's better than a full-on assault. My only concern would be... Uh, Someone using, like, poison on me. That's all. Well, that's a concern always. So, like, Tiaga Reese or something would be a problem, maybe. Sure. Just because, like, I don't think I could outrun him. Doro, if you see Randall, <laughs> do nothing. Well, if, um, well, how Walk can I tell you? Direction. Anyone can just turn into Randall, apparently. So <laughs> Just shoot Randall whenever you see him. That's the Just kill solution. everyone. Kill everyone that so looks no like Randall. So no one can be yeah. Randall. <laughs> or, 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 or that, murder everyone so no Randalls are possible. Sure. There. <laughs> okay. We're supposed to be team good. Roll to hit. Uh, <laughs> can Steelbeard, like, if, let's say, he made, like, a piece of him, like, into a necklace, and Doro, like, wore it, would Steelbeard know where that is? Like, kind of like how Golden Barrel does? Steelbeard would have to be within a certain range. So let's say a thousand feet. Okay. For Steelbeard. So it's like locate so object. Basically. Okay. Yeah. It's basically like, you know, locate piece of me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if, like, he gave a leaf and he were a dock, Doro can walk up to a 1,000 feet from that dock. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Which could be great to keep track of Doro while he goes into the city. Right, Can't but he hurt. can only move a 1,000 feet, which won't really help him. I so. mean, it's, it's, it's a decent amount. Not, Not great. Really. Not if you're parked outside of town. True. It's kind of, you know, hit your limit. Yeah. yeah. Right, well, the problem with coming into, coming into town, we have a, this giant, like, <laughs> magical boat in a time when magic is only starting to re- return, like billowing in fog as it comes in. Perhaps if we came in by nightfall? That's yeah. totally possible, too. Also, like, the like fog happens all the time. Like, no one's going to know it's coming from the boat, so that's helpful, you know. Well, perhaps. But also, people know about the Rylandian fog cutters, right. so there's, like, a, you know, there's a little bit, yeah, either way. Could you create... Um, some type of enclosed ship that could travel beneath the surface of the water? Yes. Well, yes. Uh, the air would be a problem. Perhaps for a period of time. And then when you all can't breathe, you tell me to go back up. Or could you create some type of tube, like an exhaust tube? Because that would be much less noticeable. It is is a small... Oh, I see what you mean. That you could cycle yes. the air that like way. Like a, a bamboo shoot from you. <laughs> that, that, yes. That's... I don't see why I could not. Sure. I, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a plan. Darn, darn, darn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no. Let's try it just to see. Steelbeard, since we're all here inside the planning planning room. Um, <laughs> Except attempt... Doro. <laughs> Wait, where is Doro? Oh, yeah. Doro! We need for you to come down here for <laughs> just a minute because we're going that. to change Steel... We need you to come down here for just a minute to the planning room because we're going to change Steelbeer's form to travel under the water. And you won't be able to breathe. Hold on. Take take your time to think about this, Steelbeard. Take your time. He's already doing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as you're saying that, now take your time. And the deck splits die, open, yeah, right? Man. And everything kind of reforms, yeah. right? Yeah! Uh. All right, and Steelbeard, as you change, also keep in mind to to add more moss on the inside so that our carbon dioxide, not that I know about this, okay, so that we can breathe from the plants. Do you know you can breathe from plants? I think so. Like, people knew about oxygen, certainly. Did uh, they? They didn't know about... Just Steelbeard? Like the 1400s? Steelbeard no, not quite. No, I don't know about that. Would, right. would, would Rena know about the interaction, at least, between the two? You know, she's all about harmony between plants How? and animals. How well, would she know? Like, like, I don't know. I mean, she would know yeah, that everything's would, connected and la la la. So sure. Would, we give, they take, you know. 
But like, how would you know about the ex the exchange of oxygen? And because I have an and, advanced like, degree in microbiology. Right. Yes, <laughs> you do. <laughs> we discovered photosynthesis in, in, in 1770. Yeah. Plants, oxygen, and light. Uh, was a Dutch chemist, biologist, and philosopher who performed important experiments in the late 1770s that proved that plants produce oxygen. So that's yeah, three, I, even with no. magic, 350 years. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, after right. we you are, know, some, are, some scholar yeah. in this <laughs> world knows instead about of, it. <laughs> instead of like running around grabbing guns, you should have grabbed a bunch of uh, books. Oh, wow. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> should have done that. Yes. Totally. that well, I mean, if Golden Barrel could think along those lines, they might have told you. But like they don't yeah, perceive they it that way. Know. Yeah, but like like how often would you be like, oh, by the way, this is how I breathe? They would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They It'd would be a very sure. weird conversation to it's have. It's like this concept of you thinking about breathing right now. You like hyper focus. Now on we're all it. thinking fair about enough. it. Yeah. Now we're all breathing. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair enough. Okay, but we have the we have we could think enough to know that to have a a, a tube made out of bamboo. Do you do know that if you're kept in a room without air, you'll die. <laughs> you do know that. Die. That's happened to people. And you've been like, wait a minute. Some point, you know, to a mild degree, even if right. it was like right. a child. Right. You know, and they like your. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, yeah maybe actually. you, maybe Zion, with your creative mind, you've even considered the fact that being in an enclosed place, people will die. So you're like, wait, no, we need a way to breathe. There's a couple, so he plays with it. Like it starts to fold up, and there's like, oh no, and that kind of comes down. Then the like the front of the ship lifts up, and you all kind of rock backwards, and then he, he slams that back down. But eventually, he just kind of forms it around you, and then pulls everything in. So the ship gets smaller. About it's about two thirds of the size it was, and you can like see how like the leaves are wrapping around it, and everything's kind of like piling on on top of each other, and then a hole forms at an angle forward, and then a hole forms going out the back too so that air can pass through. And there's a decent breeze, so it seems to be working. And then he just dives down, not far, just right, right. Under, the, under the surface. And it takes you him a- You don't need to go far. Yeah, it takes <laughs> him a while, like like he'll, like he goes back down, then pops back up, and then like kind of hits the top of the water. So then he's like, hang on. And he tries it a couple times, and eventually you hear, everything moving around you and then you hear water rushing in below you and as the water rushes in he's able to dive beneath the surface so as in water's rushing in to kill us all or as in no 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 as in he's created a he's created a ballast he figured out that he has to take water into part of him in order to weigh him down to get underneath the water how does he move so he can uh, just create a propeller. He can just propel himself. He's he can, like, like a whale. Yeah, he could create underwater oars that would like ripple along the side of him, like a like a snake would move through water. Like there's lots of options he would have. In fact, let's do that. Like he's just moving panels of wood. They're just coming off and going back, just like a snake would slide through water. Very cool. You see that ship in Ponyo? Like, have you ever watched Ponyo? It's that ship, yeah. and it does the. Yeah. It's like hundred percent. No, it's a <laughs> little teeny paddles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like little Balance. turtle hands all the way up and down it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. How does that feel, Steelbeard? Are you able to breathe or whatever it is you do? Well, I do not breathe. As a tree, I take in the carbon dioxide you expel and produce the oxygen you require to breathe. Oh. Excellent. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tubes, I copyright that. In fact, now that I think about it, I could just produce oxygen. And he would pull in the tubes, and he would just oh. grow more moss oh. all around you. Right. Yes. I was using this to filter the water. This makes perfect sense. I'll just produce the oxygen that you need to breathe. Excellent. Now describe Krebs' cycle to us. I don't know what that is. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, uh, well, actually you do, because you're just... Right, fair. Oh, that. Yes, that I know. <laughs> Okay, so we have this uh, new advantage. We're able to sneak into an area without mostly being seen. Certainly other ships won't see us. Yeah, he can't go far, but he can dive under the water line. And now that he doesn't have to have a pole sticking out, I mean, it's pretty invisible. I mean, if somebody is actively looking for us with spy glasses and shit, they can probably see this big yeah. thing moving. Or if you, like, were on the edge of a dock and you looked down and he passed right next to you you would see that, right? But even like 20, 30 feet out, you're not gonna see yeah, it. But if you're like, you know, in a castle tower somewhere looking out over the horizon, you won't see this big steel beard, like, you know- Won't see a ship, damn thing. Like moving it, right, you won't see anything. All right, so we have an, a, a way of entry. We come into the city under, under cover of night. 
that I'll work with uh, this battery to uh, created from Golden Barrel that we'll be able to be in con uh, constant uh, contact with with them. Doro can sneak into the city if we're not able to keep this thing working. Can make some contacts and figure out what's going on there, uh, and figure out maybe <laughs> if if they have this massive operation, which apparently they do, they're going to be leaving some footprints. Right. We find where those footprints lead. Doro's the best at that. He. Doro, there is to be no direct confrontation. You are not to engage. If you see them coming for you, you get out. What if he sees Lafleur? If who said that? Like, uh, <laughs> the voice in the back of your head that knows how Doro operates. <laughs> and who was that? Yeah, Doro. Just to let you know, anybody that looks like Lafleur is probably not. It's probably either grabby hands or it's probably Tiago Reese in disguise yeah. to trick you. Yeah. yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. I should go after him when I see him. <laughs> yeah, you should totally get that guy. That guy's a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can yeah. I bring Para? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you go in a baby door. But, um, because <laughs> I just love that. Time. I do too. <laughs> we are an ultimate being when we do that. We really are. <laughs> but no. Uh, no. <laughs> but this no. is a, a scouting mission. You're there to find out what's going on, where people are. You're then to report back, and then we make our plan of attack. Uh, well, actually, we're making our plan of attack right now. So uh, we then infiltrate the city uh, all at once with our planned target of grabbing hands. He is our ultimate. Uh, attack item. Any of our personal vendettas against anybody else need to be put aside because he can make our lives difficult for any sort of attack against anyone or else. Or over. The yeah, other option. Right, I, <laughs> I know. I just didn't say that out loud. Fair. A voice in my head. You can also kill you. You can kill all of you. From what you've explained, yes, yes, it sounds very I, deadly. As in you could all I, die at any moment. Do we have to listen to Michael's voice in his head? All right, then uh, he resurfaces, I imagine. Yes, uh, resurface, yes, that's great. Because uh, now it's time to practice guns. Thank you for joining us for season six, episode 12, Above and Below. For my DMs notes for this episode, early releases of new episodes and a ton of other exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash godsfall. To check out my new D&D podcast about monsters with Dylan Mollenfont, check out killeverymonster.com. And we'll see you next time in the world of the Five Kingdoms. show is produced and edited by Dead Ghost Productions. Find out more about us and all the shows we make at deadghostpro.com. <laughs>